When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day everybody and welcome to the 8th edition of Tiger Tragics. I say hello to Tony Shebeki. G'day Tony. A very good morning and afternoon or evening depending on what time you're listening to this podcast to you Mitchell and also to you Carl. I apologise for my sexy Husky voice, a little bit of uh, air conditioning in the hotel room up in Darwin on the weekend just, I think, has absolutely wrecked me. <laughs> bit of love song dedications going on. <laughs> Richard nice Mercer. Deeply, you're right. Can like. I tell you a story about <laughs> Darwin last yeah. night? Coming back from Darwin, I was up there to call some Porsche Carrera Cup motor racing and uh, we're on the plane and we got pushed back by the, the van that pushes the, the planes back. I don't know what they call it, but the pushback van. And all of a sudden, the pilot's gone to start the engine. Nothing. 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 Pilot comes on air. Uh, folks, just letting you know, we're going to be pushing back into the terminal. Probably going to release you. We've got to, seem to have a problem with our starter motor. So uh, can't get the engine started. We'll uh, get you off the plane. We'll have a look at it and see what we can do. Now, the fact that there were 65 supercar mechanics <laughs> on the plane, you would have thought that there wouldn't have been any issue with the starter motor. No, I didn't. You thought, thought, just, <laughs> get someone under there. There's just, let's get the whole plane out, get under everyone, everyone, everyone can have a look. Exactly. It could have been one of the greatest pit stops ever. So how are you here then? Oh, no, we got here. We left two days late. Oh. They manually started the engines. One of the engineers literally pushed the, uh, what do they call them? A propeller? The propeller inside the engine to get it started. Sounds like we needed that in the last quarter because <laughs> as we lead into uh, this week's <laughs> loss, uh, this week's loss for Richmond. Unfortunately, we blew a thirty-six point lead. Uh, Richmond, unfortunately, finished. unfortunately, I did. I said unfortunately, didn't I? Yeah, no, no. But I'm saying unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. Ten, eleven, seventy-one. Richmond finished to twelve eight eighty. Uh, Richmond. Uh, it's been a tough couple of days. Uh, for the Tiger supporters, which I just want to kind of launch a little bit on, actually, if I if I may, I am uh, now whether this stems from you know my love of the club or just you know new sense, I don't know, but I am sick and tired of opening up my Facebook feed and everyone thinking that saying "lol Richmond," "lol Richmond" is some sort of like high class comedy. Did we speak theater. about this two weeks ago? We we did. It's just you, you had a rant Stop about it. it. It's just, it's move on, people. But this is the thing I don't get. I don't know what pe- what game people were watching on the weekend because there seemed to be this thinking that this was part of the whole narrative of we blew it in the last minute. Did anyone actually watch the game? Because from the 10-minute mark of the second quarter, Sydney were all over us. They were the better team for longer on the day. Now, that tells me the better team for longer should win, generally, most of the time. We actually did well if it wasn't for Alex Rance and his goalkeeping-like uh, performance down back where he was just he gave Buddy Franklin an absolute bath and then went on with everything and he probably won an Oscar in the process there as well with a couple of his performances there. Um, we well, they would have run over us with five minutes with with five minutes into the last quarter. It was just um, 
Yes, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that we were in this position here. We're, we're, we're talking about a loss where we had a we were in a position to to win, but like it, this doesn't tick the box for mine of throwing it away in the, in the last minute like we did against Fremantle, or you know being the better team for 80, 90 percent of the game against GWS and then blowing it in the last ten minutes. This this was a this was a game where they were better for longer, and it just so happened that where we were better, it was in the first half an hour of the game, and therefore we got roped in. But modern, modern football. Five goals is nothing. Carlton oh, gave up bang, five bang, goals bang. in 15 minutes the other week. Collingwood gave up five goals in 15 minutes the other week. That's the, the Momentum is such a big force it's in massive. football these days. And that's where we need to work on. Because when the momentum shift comes, this was a slow burn on the weekend. Um, we need to learn how to deal with it. Now, what, we, were, your, what were your impressions, Shebex and Carl? From what, I'll, from what I'll you saw the game? Go, but I'll just quickly say that I think we showed that we could actually work with momentum in that game against Destin. That, that started yeah. in the third quarter. Everything just kept on going our way, and for five or ten minutes, that was just an excellent use of momentum. But you're right; I think we need to to work on how we deal with momentum coming against us. And I think the only thing that I'll say are two words: Rudy Webster. Is he still alive? <laughs> we we need someone like a Rudy Webster just to get these boys into the hyperbaric yoga chamber and just get their mind and get clear. their minds clear and just get them thinking about what they need to do. Carl, mindset is so yeah. important, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, very much so. We just can't play four quarters of football. We're inconsistent week in, week out. You know, some weeks we, we look great. Other weeks we just look shocking. I, I, I can't understand how a football team can look so different week by week. Quarter by quarter. Exactly, quarter by quarter. Like, and it's I hate a game to, of inches football. Yeah, I, I hate to bring it up again, but the Fremantle game, you know, we played three really shocking quarters of football. And then that last quarter out of nowhere, we turned up. And, you know, we lost by a kick, obviously. But, again, last week in our review, I said that that was the Tigers and you, the fact that we were able to come down, come back from, you know, five goals down and get within two points. And we should have really won that game, but we didn't actually play four quarters of good football, so we didn't deserve to win that game. Point being, really, Richmond have proved they're a good side and they can match it with the best teams this year. However, we're just inconsistent. Every week, we're yeah. inconsistent. Yeah, and I think a lot of that stems also... I think there's still a, a lingering lack of belief in their ability from what happened last year. We should never have... The club should never have been in the situation they were in last year. And for whatever reason that was, we had an absolute shock. And I think there's still that little bit of a lingering pain from that last year that sits in the players' heads that they, they're still not 100% confident in their ability to win games and win them well. And a part of that, I think people forget... Yeah, look, there's that confident, lack of confidence, I think, from some players because they are there are genuinely, genuine, genuinely some young players still in this team. I mean, the, the players like Castagna, Butler, Shy Bolton. Um, you know, Shy Bolton had a brilliant first half and then and then faded into the game because because he's played what five games? Like they mm. they are genuinely young, and that comes with they're having to learn all this on the job. Correct. Whilst you know being in the eye of the storm, so to speak, yeah, there, as a team res- that had, now has a level of expectation on it. And the reserves team, the VFL team that they've played in for the last couple of years, hasn't also had that much success either. So no. they haven't really learnt from that. Also, it'd be different maybe if that VFL team was finishing first, second, or third for the season. Then all yeah. of these suddenly you've got these young guys coming through who have a winning culture. That's what which would still need to get that winning culture. That's mm. what you saw with Footscray, Footscray and Hawthorne, Box Hill, and, and they, they both did very well in the VFL. And sure enough, that bleeds through to the development of those players. They win flags. They've won but the last four flags. So, so there you go. I felt um, 
you know, sitting there at quarter time, I, I was part of our uh, part of the, the working team for SEN's coverage of this game on Saturday, and Mick and KB were in the were in the box there, and from quarter time they're saying Sydney are a rabble, Sydney are a rabble, and you know what? Up until quarter time they were, we were all over them. We had our running game going, the inside fifties. We were we were just punishing them with the, getting the inside ball and then running off them and spreading. And Shy Bolton, thank God the jinx is over, kicked a couple of beauties. Um, and we thought, how good is this kid going to be? I think he's got the Rising Star nomination probably sewn up this week. Uh, mm-hmm. he, there's not much competition against him this week. So we'll be hearing from Shire later this week, I think. But from the 10-minute point on, 10 minutes of the second quarter on, we uh, we get out to a 36-point th- lead, which, as I say, yeah, it's dis- it's majorly disappointing to lose from there. But modern football suggests it's that's more like a you know three-goal lead in today's game, I tend, I tend to think. Anyway, with the way momentum can go. And from that point on, Sydney scored, I think it was 75 to 25. They they were the better team from that point on, um, so much so that they moved, they moved Zach Jones to half-back. They started getting the contested game going from, from the, in their runoff there. Our forwards couldn't get, it, get the ball in. Um, to the forward line in the, in the efficient way we were. And the other thing they did is they they actually played the two Ruckman. They played Naismith and they played Sinclair. And they both worked over um, Nane Curvis yeah. pretty well. well especially end. Naismith. I thought Naismith was fantastic. He was... Them. Well, we we stopped rucking and yeah. we we weren't even contesting it. We thought we'll just we'll just try and rove rove the ball. And I suppose that begs the question now, um, which we've had this debate about. But you know, we, the need for a second tall in that team. Unfortunately, even if we wanted to at the moment to put someone in there, Elton's still out injured. Um, Ivan Soldo, I think, still out injured. I don't think he played on the weekend in the VFL. Uh, Ivan Marich is probably your option. And maybe your child's not is isn't showing enough at VFL level to probably come in and do that. So. Do you persevere with with that? Uh, do you, given you know that Sydney showed the obvious flaw in there against the Carlton team that does have a strong backline, is what we're coming up against this week. Um, I think that's you know where we're probably going to lose if we lose is is our lack of a second tall there, and Yo know, Cruiser's in sparkling form and just might work over Nankervis again. But you know that's all to, that's all to come ahead of us on Sunday in terms of. Um, just, just back on the tools, though, and yeah. I think it's evident now that we definitely need to go hard and find someone oh, yeah. for next year. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And uh, the, all the great teams of the past have always had an element of surprise, an X factor that has made them a great team. And I just see Richmond at the moment with having that very predictable one man up forward, five smalls at the ground, is, is beca- has become very predictable. Now, teams have worked that out. They know what to do. And that could be very much to the Tigers' detriment. And they need to find another avenue, another something that just helps them just be that little bit different. I want to play a bit of audio. This is Danny Frawley speaking on our SEN coverage on Sunday, talking about the mental issues facing the Tigers. And, uh, you know, I, th- I, think, I think mentality is such a big thing in football these days. But this was uh, particularly damning. Every coach in the competition would love to play Richmond in a final at the moment because their mental disintegration and I don't, I don't know why they said Damien Harwick and he, he's done an outstanding job this year but the facts remain you are in any game you play against Richmond and if I'm a coach I would love to play Richmond in a final because we're four goals down we're five goals down if you bring heat and real heat and pack it in and give it to them they will disintegrate under pressure as we saw yesterday Mental disintegration. Rudy Webster. Yep. I'll just say it again. Bring him in. Find someone like him. Because and look, and to an extent he's he's correct. There is I don't know if mental disintegration is the word, but there's definitely a mental issue 
there happening that needs to be dealt with now, sooner rather than later. Otherwise, it's going to cost Richmond and another opportunity in finals. I suppose that begs the question, and I'll put, I'll pose this to Carl first. In that second half on the weekend, and and you know, let's look back on I suppose the, the last few weeks as well. But in that second half, what did you see? from Richmond in the second half that was different to the to the first quarter when we were flying what were, what weren't we doing and you know us you know what do you what do you think was contributing contributing to the fact that they were going back into their shells somewhat we switched off i think mentally we just switched off we thought we had the game won when the first quarter was finished because we had a 30 over 30 point lead we took a 25 point lead into half time My theory with Richmond at the moment is, and we go back to the 2013 season where we made that final and played Carlton and got beaten, it appeared to me that part of our game plan was trying to put our opponents away by half-time so that the hard work was done by half-time. If, say, Carlton or whoever we were playing kicked a couple of goals in the second half, it wouldn't be enough to you know run over the top of us in the end. And it seems we've somewhat resorted back to that game plan this year. I don't know if you've noticed that too, guys, Uh, but to some degree. We've definitely resorted back at times under pressure to that short kick, lots of handball type style try, and and it just doesn't work. No. We're, We're not skillful enough. To be that sort of team. No, that's why, and that's why I think the game plan went this year too. When we're playing our way great, it is that just get the ball, run it, yeah. kick it. And, and, I, and I mean that with all respect to, to the Richmond players that we're not skillful enough. We haven't got 42 absolute elite skilled players no, on our list. No. We, we've got a lot of hard, tough blokes who want to get in and win the ball, and that's fantastic. The Damien Hardwick kind of model of player. Yeah, it's exactly. how he played his footy. Exactly, but we're not a Hawthorne. We're, so you can't play that sort of football. But unfortunately, they tried to play that football last year and possibly even the year before as well, and under pressure, it falls apart. We've seen it way too often. And for some reason... The boys in their head, and I'm sure it's not the coaches. I'm sure Damien Hardwick doesn't say, "Right here, boys, when you're under pressure, let's revert back to what we did two years ago," because we know that didn't work. It's like a, it's like this. There's a switch in their head when when they when they feel that pressure. That's the default mentality of to try to, to try and protect the ball, try and play it safe. When, when what they really should be doing, just keep doing what you're doing, back yourself in, exactly. and win, go and uh, and win the game by twelve goals. And this is part of that reprogramming, that mental reprogramming that needs to happen now. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I don't know whether it's. I'm sure they have because we've seen some great efforts from them this year. But I'm still not convinced that there might be a hundred percent. There might be a hundred percent buy-in to the game plan at the moment. I think when you have a hundred percent buy-in to the game plan by every player on the list, then you don't revert back to old ways. Yeah, your default position is set to what the game plan is. But they seem too many guys seem to be diverting away from the current game plan, and that hurts. It does hurt. I mm. think um, credit needs to go to Sydney here as well. And, I, and I, this is, I suppose, going back to what I was saying at the start. There seems to be this mentality, this, this, you know, the wider narrative from from everyone out there is that Richmond does this to itself. Um, and partially, I think that's right. But credit has to go to Sydney as well, that they came out a completely different team after the 13-minute mark of the second quarter. They flicked their switch, they got their structures right, and we started having to play in accordance to them, not the other way around. So it's, um, it's you know, I, I think to, to, to suggest fully that Richmond do this to itself... Uh, can we just say that a Richmond I, legend has just popped his head into... Kevin with, Kevin Bartlett is uh, standing here, Ron, Richmond legend. It's uh, Tiger Tragics, episode 8. Kevin, your thoughts on Richmond's loss on the weekend? We don't want mediocrity. Couldn't agree more, Kevin. Can we still make finals? Don't know. <laughs> 
I don't like that sort of headline. So I just poked my head in there. I saw it going yeah. by and I saw the yellow and black. I saw the sign out the front. It was just flashing yellow and black. Yeah. Do you think that's Disappointing a good thing? Disappointing on the weekend. Yeah, well, flying in the first half. Well on top. You, you said the Swans were dead and buried the side. That was the slowest treacle. Had a forward line that couldn't work. It was a... Well, the structure of the Sydney forward line was, was pathetic at that particular point of time. Do you think Sydney won it or do you think Richmond lost it? Well, there's a bit of both there, isn't there? Because yeah. we came out after half time, and Sydney, who looked pretty slow in the first half, all of a sudden decided to have a crack because it was like a boxer being knocked down and getting up off the canvas and then throwing, you know, throwing a few punches trying to get back into the fight. And then Richmond went back in its shell instead of, you know, attacking the ball and playing with the confidence it had in the first half. All of a sudden, seemed to be chasing its tail, enabled Sydney to flex its muscles, and all of a sudden, some of their players just keep on keeping on, you know, like Kennedy and Heaney. Um, Did you ever work Parker. with Rudy, Rudy Webster, Kevin? Yes, yes. Rudy was down there in 1980 when Richmond won, won the uh, premiership. Well, the flag, there Rudy was helpful to some players. I never sat in on any Rudy's uh, sessions that he had with players. So he, you were part of the yoga sessions? He had sessions a pocket watch the... that he'd spin in front of people's eyes and they'd doze off to sleep and they'd wake up that uh, they were as good as John Coleman, that sort of stuff. They but, did something like that, Kevin. But look, he was good for... He did help a number of other players in terms of... Of just helping them, you know, get some confidence in the way that they they were playing, going about the season. So he was, he was, he was really, I mean, he was a sounding board, you know, away from the mm. the coaching uh, group and the coaches, the senior coaches. He was a someone that they could open up to, and you know, he had a lot of experience with a number of teams over the years. He was particularly big with the West Indian, too, West Indies cricket team. He was with Carlton, of course. Barassi, he was with, um, he was with Carlton, of course. And then in 1980, that was part of that big fight when Tony Jewell. And, um, and Percy Jones threw punches at each other. That first uh, on the qualifying final of 1980. Yeah. Rudy Webster, of course, was at Carlton the previous year. It swapped over, come to Richmond. They thought he was a traitor. He always had that funny line, Rudy. He says, the first time that he's ever seen two white men fight over a black man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. And on that note, 400 game legend, Kevin Bartlett, everyone. 403. Hey, the show's, show's going great. I listen Thank every you, I appreciate it. We'll have to get you in here for a full one one day, I reckon. We'll go down and hit some history later and you can tell us what you really think. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Kevin Bartlett there, everybody. Little cameo there from the, the legend himself. Fantastic well, to have. Can I just say that it was a great honour to uh, give KB the microphone that KB uses every week. <laughs> he does his promo on that mic, doesn't he, every day? <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, positives. Positives from the game. Oh, look, and, and the positive. I mean, let's not get too down on it, okay? And... and and this is what I'm saying in regards to where you started off, Mitch, in regards to those people that are coming on Facebook, LOL, Richmond, and all this sort of stuff. Okay, we're sixth. We've, our biggest issue at the moment is percentage, and that's why we can't afford to throw away four points in close games mm. because we're not a big-scoring team. So if it comes to getting into the top four, we could miss out on a couple of percent. That's due to the fact that we haven't scored. But look at where we are now, right? We should be in the top four. Without a doubt. We should be in the yeah. top four. We're a game we top. had the opportunity to be in third position, and we gave that away. I think just, just to round out the point you're making, this, this goes to what the point Danny Frawley was making in the audio we heard just before, which is if you are a team against Richmond and you are down by six goals, you feel like you're only down by a couple. You are in the game. And now I know that that's modern football and the point that I made before. The, the unfortunate thing is... They know that if you kick the first goal after half time, oh, this team will go to water. Yeah. Now, the the challenge for this team and for for Damien Hardwick, um, I know that there's been a talk. You know, I, I didn't like the talk during the week of him being, you know, he's the coach of the coach year. Of the Damien, year I think, you know, I, that's why it was a real danger game going into this one because there was sort of that 
that there's a lot of pot when you get a lot of good press. And, you know, everything's going your way. Oh, we've got the coach of the year. Everything's fantastic. I mean, that was against the yardstick of pre-round one. The yardstick moves and suddenly it becomes a danger game against a team that uh, know how to win, know how to make finals. Uh, you know, I know they had a crap start to the year, Sydney, but they are, you know, they're the last team anyone wants to be playing week in, week out at the moment. If you're in the game with Richmond, it doesn't matter whether, you know, we really need to get out to 10, 12 goal leads before we, you know, we're actually putting teams away. And that's what I liked about the North Melbourne game the week before the bye was that we were in that position where we got out to the sort of the four or five goal lead and we well and truly put them away. Yep. We, we we did, we, we that was the textbook. And, but, and granted, that happened later in the game. It was a bit of an arm wrestle first and then we went on with it. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm Carlton this week, the you know if Richmond's out to a four goal lead at half time, can't they go? Oh no, we'll just just keep the pressure on, guys. We'll, let's just keep running. So that's the challenge. And this is where other teams have an advantage over a team like Richmond at this point in time because Richmond are going to be so internally focused on what they need to do to fix up their issues, whereas Carlton can be very much internally focused on what they need to do to beat Richmond. Yeah. So they have that massive advantage where they can actually study. Richmond's game plan over the last few weeks and break that down. I just don't know whether there's enough time in a week for Richmond to be able to do that against Carlton. I think a lot of Richmond's focus is going to be right here. How do we fix up what seems to be a bit of an issue? Yeah. So a lot of time will be spent on that, on looking at themselves, and, not the other team. And yeah, they should. They should. They need to be looking at because Carlton are going bloody well at the moment. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They've won five. Uh, but uh, once again, let's go back to it. We've lost five games. Yep. We're seven and five. Okay, four of those games have been by a total of nineteen points. So we've three of those by a total of 10 points over those three games. We're not getting pumped. We're not getting beat by 30, 40, 50 points against very good teams. Richmond has been a team that has been in every game, apart from the Adelaide game, but has been in every game right until the very last minute. When now, the hearts not, break now, across exactly, the but, nation. <laughs> but you're not going to win every game of football. Teams no. just aren't going to do that this you know, this year, especially this year, being such a close competition. Games are going to go so many ways. So as long as you're providing the fans with the impetus where they walk out and they say, geez, we played bloody well, but God, I'm disappointed. Why couldn't we just finish that off? I'd rather be happy with the team performance for 98% of the game and, and disappointed at the end because we've lost by a kick. But to know that we actually have taken it up to these teams and we're learning from that. I, I, I still think that there are so many more positives and negatives to the Richmond football team at the I, moment. I think the alternative of what people were expecting this year, I mean, I'd much rather be in the position we're in right now than getting pumped by 10 goals a week and, you know, looking to sack the coach. I think that's because that's that Correct. was the expectation this year. So that's so that's why I take that point on board. But I also take on your frustrations, Carl, because what could have been, what could have been, and now I'm, you know, I'm my... My confidence of you know playing finals is somewhat dented, and uh, you know be, be, again because the season is so sh- so close, um, you know we're a game out of falling out of the eight if we lose this week. So Carl was looking at me before thinking, Shebeki, you are speaking the biggest amount of poo I have ever heard. <laughs> I could just tell that in his eyes. Look, he is hurting. From my perspective, as a long-time suffering Richmond fan, as we all are, we're Tiger Tragics, of course. Yes. You have to look at this season, right? This is the season where we got in a row. We won the first five in a row. We were five in a row, five wins on the board, something we hadn't done for quite some time. I, To be honest, I honestly thought after then, we have to lose a couple of games because this is a joke. We've won five in a row. And that's unlike Richmond. Not to say that we weren't playing a good brand of football. We are playing a good brand of football, and we can match those good teams. But 
reality is we're seven and five when we should have at least another two wins on the board. We should be nine and three. You're exactly. Right. There's these close games, these honourable losses, as you they're commly referred to as, are the ones that are going to come back to bite us on the ass most oh, totally at the end of the you. season. And look, I'm crediting Richmond for what they've been able to do. A lot of people doubted. Richmond's ability to win games this year, and nobody predicted we'd be in the eight this time of the year. We certainly didn't. We certainly didn't. So for that, I'm very happy to see Richmond in the eight, right? But reality is, those close losses are games we should have won, and if we are dead serious about being a top four side, we should be in that top four, and we should have won those close games. Well, that's why I, I'm not convinced we're a top four team. I think top four teams win those sorts of games, and um, and as you know, the fact we we are having to learn how to try and win these games on the on the fly, and um, you know, I'm, I, what are we got? Ten games to go in the season. Uh, twelve, maybe thirteen gets you into the get thirteen wins. Probably guarantees your finals. Twelve and good percentage. Geez, it could be anywhere between sixth and twelfth, really. But once so, again, isn't it great to know that we go into the next, let, let's say, the next block of five games, and I'm literally, I, I'm, I'm excited about those five games, believing wholeheartedly we can win every single that one. we can win every one of them, at least four of them. I think we can win over the next five games, and I know this position last year. I was just wondering, by how do we minimise the damage? Not, yeah. not how how are we going to win these games, or how many of them are we going to win? We are literally. If we win four of the next five, we're 11. We only have to win two more games for the remainder of the year out of the last five games to possibly make finals. And that's, that's, that's got us in a, a pretty good position. Totally agree with you, Ken and KB's words. We cannot accept mediocrity. I don't think we've been a mediocre team, though. I think we've just had issues when the pressure's been put on. That's not mediocrity. Yeah. That's just a mental thing. Mediocrity is a team like Brisbane at the moment who have won two games for the year. Mediocrity is a team like Hawthorne at the moment who have got so many injuries that they can't get their best team on the park, hence the reason they're not winning games. We're not a mediocre team this year. We're a very good team who just needs a little bit of headwork. That's uh, that's a very good segue, Shebex, into the positives, which we were going to touch on before, but we just kept going with, with where we were at, which was good. So I'll... I will go into that. I'll say two words. Alex Rance. Oh, thank God for him. (laughs) (laughs) He is outstanding. And anyone who even doubts that he's in the conversation of, you know, the greatest defenders of all time, I think needs to go and look at a highlight reel. There were people saying, oh, you know, if he had played against the likes of Dunstall and Lockett, they had to kick bags on him. How did you know? Well, the thing is, do you know what? And this is the argument against that. Defenders were able to get away with a lot more back in those Correct. days as well. They could scrag, they could push in the back, they could punch you, they could like chop the, the arms. That would enjoy that. Alex, Alex does exactly what you can do with right within yeah. the lines of it. And everyone, and the other argument is they go, oh, you know, Alex Rance doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't take, doesn't play one on ones enough. You know, Alex Rance when he does play one on one loses sixteen percent of of uh, contests. This is from Ch- Glenn Luff from Champion Data. When the AFL average is twenty nine, his intercept uh, of the ball is elite. His Kicking skills and his actual use of the ball have now become elite. He is well and truly the gre- the greatest defender, along with Matthew Scarlett, of the last twenty years. He's the best in sauce, and uh, you know he gave Lance Franklin a bath on the weekend. So much so, Lance had to go and get up to halfback to try and get the ball. And that's exactly where you want Lance Franklin to play. Exactly. I know that there were some critics with with Rance saying that you know he did play up for for a couple of free kicks. 
And you know what? If the MRP feels like they need to warn him against that, then I'll cop that because I mean it was pretty fire exchange. We were all we we're all pumped for that for that uh for that uh, contest. We weren't sure if that if they were actually going to go head to head, but they did go head to head for the most of the day. Except for you know once Lance realised he wasn't going to get a kick on him, he had to go he had to ch- go up the ground and Rance stayed back. And of course, I reckon in that last quarter, he might he might have taken four or five intercept marks. Uh, I reckon he spoilt three or four contests. He was just well, yeah, Sydney would have run over us a lot quicker if it wasn't for Alex Rance. Who did you? What positives did you take out of it, Carl? What what, what players did you see that you thought uh, you know? Shy Bolton has to be a positive. I mean, for weeks he's been trying to kick his first goal. Had that one rejected against GWS, <laughs> uh, and he finally you know got on the run and kicked the goal. And I actually saw a little bit of uh, the great KB in that run to kick that goal. I reckon it was it was almost like KB was, was there. He, <laughs> KB with hair. KB yeah. with hair. Uh, you know, well, number twenty nine. I suppose no, it's yeah, number yeah, twenty nine. Exactly. KB was calling it as the as the action happened and kicks the goal on the run. Like he had the speed of almost of KB along those lines. He was like a proud dad. KB. He was. Yeah. His number do that. He reminded me of Cyril coming off the back of a pack with Ruffy in that clashing. That, that was just fantastic. That play where Bolton kicked his first goal in AFL football. It was incredible. He just showed that what he can do. I mean, he's going to be if he. I mean, he's only got room to improve all the way up here. Um, if he can be doing that regularly in games, he's going to be a, a long-term contributor to this football club. The issue is, you know, later in the game, once the pressure came, like I like a lot of players, he wasn't alone. He, he's his factor became sort of negligent, um, negligible, I should say. Uh, I thought David Asprey. Was really good again. Thirteen marks. He is one player, and we've said this before, that is playing consistent football as a defender and is really assisting Rance and Grimes in the back line. He's lacked that in the last few years, and no disrespect towards Asprey, but he has. This has been a standout year for Asprey, and unfortunately for him, he has been injury prone. I think before the start of this season, he'd only played seventy games, and he's been at the club for for quite some time. So he's really. Stepped up this year. Well, he's been there, I think, as long as Dusty. I remember with Dusty mm. at the, after their first year, which was I think 2010. Uh, they made the big announcement, the big song and dance, and they gave they they gave Dusty number four after Royce Hart because he's a long term. He's gonna be a long term. And they gave Asprey number twelve after Richard. Richard retired at the end of 2009. They had the year off, I think, with some. No one had it, I think, for for that year. And then they gave it to Asprey because that's the sort of that's the faith they had in him. And we're finally seeing the fruits of that, which is, I suppose, the disappointing factor of of all this is, um, is that those guys and Grimes. Grimes had a great game on the weekend as well. Except I got a feeling he might not be playing this week. He did go down um, with what appeared to be some sort of leg injury late in the game. Went down the race, uh, came back out. But you know, wouldn't surprise me if he's missing this week. So if he misses, and the likely replacement. So, so- yeah, the light. Well, I suppose um, just on that, probably ju- like a bachelor, yeah, or those types. One yeah. of those guys. But that's a, another thing. Just sorry to interrupt there, that's Mitch. Right. But the point, another good point, is we've got a little bit more depth this year, Without with, a doubt. which is something we've really lacked in past years. You know, if a Grimes goes down, then a bachelor who is playing VFL football can step up and come into our yeah. twenty-two. And so. I think you look at someone like a Colin Menadieu, who none of us probably had in our top twenty-two. I'm sure we didn't. No, I, don't, have, I still, I still don't think he is. When when Vlasov no, comes he, in, but, but, he, but he is. Doing the job that you need him Definitely, to do at yeah. the moment, he um, he's an interesting one. Manager, well, just while we're on manager, no one thinks Lance Franklin's going to get suspended. Oh, apparently, for that. from my understanding, his manager is going up as a witness to say that he actually got him on the shoulder, yeah, the head, and, and for, you so know the that'll footage, get him off. The, the footage sure. pretty clearly shows yeah. that. So, look, there was I reckon there'll be a few fines dished out for after that incident. There was a little bit of jumper pushing. Grabbing, oh. no punching. I didn't think, but there's just a lot of that. Which you know, credit to the well, AFL, I guess that they're just. I'm, it, I'm not seeing any of those. In, what was Nick Rewalt thinking? With that oh, and that one, smack yeah, across the back. 
Oh, it'll probably get a fine because it'll probably be intentional care, intentional low impact to the body. That's a fine, but um, just a yeah. brain fade though. Yeah. I, I hate to be on the umpire side here, but just let it go. Get on with the footy. Yep. Hey, uh, well, quickly on the umpire side, what are we thinking of the four umpire situation? Nah. I, I, I think that the the biggest problem <laughs> for me is that we're they're picking up a lot of things that we never saw before. It, so nothing gets missed now with four umpires, and it's stopping the game more. The AFL has always been concerned about this stop-start. They want a free-flowing game. But by putting four umpires in there, you're stopping the game more because they're picking things up that weren't there. An extra set of eyes means that you're, you're going to get an extra set of eyes looking at every single thing. And there's, we're seeing record numbers, I think. Look, I haven't got the stats in front of me in this, but I, there, was, there were about three or four free kicks paid on the weekend just in the Richmond game alone where the non-controlling umpire yeah. from over the other side of the one, because they've got the extra umpire out there, came in. There was one where Lance Franklin... Uh, there was a, a a free kick paid, um, I think it was to Lance Franklin. Uh, the the umpire right there on the point saw it and just went play on, and then an umpire came barreling in from eighty meters away. So no, 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 free kick, free kick, and um, and away they went. So I think there's yeah, there's a lot more of those little things are now being picked up that we Correct. you know play on for mine. Do you know what else? On top of that, we now are in a position where we're seeing four umpires in the AFL, right, and emergency umpires. So. When, you know, a little bit of rustle-bustle happens between the players, like we saw in, in the Sydney game last weekend, <laughs> you're going to have four umpires yeah. surrounding it, and then the emergency umpire running on the field, and, you know, that's too many umpires. I think um, I think if, yeah. if, if they're wanting to sort, if there's an umpiring issue, I think that needs to be sorted. I don't necessarily think it's, the you know, getting an extra set of eyes and ears out there. You know, uh, and I know the understanding of it is they want to try and get more elite umpires at the, at the top level. I actually think it's making sure we have enough cameras to make the video review system oh. of goals to not be a farce. There was one on Friday. Oh, there was one yesterday in the Bulldogs. Just to digress, in the Bulldogs uh, Melbourne game, the, the the umpire said it hit the post. Oh, I just want to double check. They did not have the camera in the position to be able to look and see what it would ha- how that would happen. That's the issue if you're going to yeah. be sorting an umpiring issue for, but for me. But if that had to be Richmond, it would have been paid a goal. Yeah, well, there was there was one, actually there was one in the Richmond game. There was there was one paid in the Richmond game where um, it stopped. The, the, the umpire reviewed it. It was Kieran Jack. Kieran Jack, uh, Shane Edwards. Shane Edwards gets uh, thinks he believes he gets a finger straight on it straight away. It was Kieran Jack. It was it was in the first was in the it was in the second first quarter for Sydney. Reviewed. Um, they thought it was touched. They, then they thought it was a goal. Everyone's then gone back to the centre to set it up. And then oh, actually no, we will call it a behind. And everyone floated floated back again. It was just ridiculous. I have to give credit to the AFL and the umpires for one thing. I was. Very critical of the goal review system. You were, I remember. And I said I hadn't seen another uh, occasion where a goal had been reviewed, such as uh, Bolton's case against GWS. I was watching St Kilda North Melbourne on, uh, was it Friday night? Then they did that. They went back to the bounce. They believed it was a goal, but upstairs reviewed it and declared it a behind. So there is consistency with that. And I apologize on my behalf to the umpires for having a go at them for thinking that it was just against... Rightly so. Just a couple other quick positives out of the game on Saturday. Basher Hooley had 28. Ramadan's not holding him back at all. He's he's playing his best football, actually, in the last month for probably about five years. Dion Prestia played, uh, had another good game. Dion Prestia had another good game for uh, for the Tigers as well. He's starting to really uh, motor into into that role. Josh Caddy, eh, just he doesn't work hard enough for what I saw. He's he floats on the wing a bit. He doesn't Give him time. He'll get time. He's a bit half assed, but um, he's all right. What do you think of the talk? And I brought this up before. Damien Hardwick 
was lauded last week as the coach of the year so far after the first well, half of the season. When you look at it, he probably is. I mean, compared to where he's got Richmond now to where they were last year, I think it's been a massive effort from, from Damien and, and the boys to get to where they are. No one else seems to be putting up their hand, though, do they, to be one either coach of the year or one premiership favourite? What no, about Everyone seems to be fighting reasons to jump off favouritism for the premiership. What about uh, assistant coach of the year? Blake Carousella. He's doing well. Yeah. He's doing well. well, I think the the knock on it, and this is why I didn't like it, was that you know, I I don't in those situations where we have lost those tight ones, I'd like to think it's the coach that then is pulling the reins and teaching them how to to go through those situations. And I know that on the on game day it you know, the large responsibility is on the players to go out and, and execute that, but the coach needs to be the one pulling the reins to go, right. We're in this situation here. What are we going to do about it? And nothing continually seems to get done. So that was what I thought was the knock on it. And then, sure enough, that's what happened on the weekend again. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's no, there's no one else except really sort of putting their hand up no. for it. But it's that sort of year. No one's really putting their hand up for anything. I want to pose a question, fellas, about uh, Damien Hardwick and his coaching. He's, it doesn't go down to the interchange bench much when we are in those crucial games, does he? It doesn't have to. He used to. But he doesn't have to. Does Barmy go think down he's there got... at all? Uh, no, I think Barmy stays up in the box. Who heads down to the bench nowadays? I think he's. I, th- I think where we're at is we've got Damien Hardwick is in a situation where he has full confidence in his team now of coaches that he doesn't need to be as hands on as what he has been in the past, and that's probably not a bad thing because I think even in Damien's admittance, didn't he say last year? That when he got the job at Richmond, he felt he was too young to get the job. Yeah, he didn't have enough experience. He made the the admission last week on uh, on the on the SEN Superbox here that last last year he felt like he shut everyone out and just tried at, to and just tried himself. to do his own yeah. thing, and that actually proved to be a, a burden because uh, I think the word he said, he said sometimes you know you, you're analysing, you're analysing, and you're thinking it's everyone else's fault. You know, when actually, you know a large part of it, it's probably your fault. So he had don't to see that he had, yeah. yeah, so he had to open himself up to that, and you know he's a lot more. He's getting a lot more feedback from everyone, and he's opened his team up, and he delegates a bit more. And um, you know, I suppose for the most part, the fruits have been uh, have been pretty fruitful for for the year so far as a whole. The worry, you know, that, that comes from being and, and that that wanting to take total control of what's happening is because you know that the buck stops with you as a coach. So if you feel that you haven't got the confidence of the others around you, but they're influencing whether you're going to have a job next week or not, that's where you shut everyone out and you say, right here, I'm doing it because I want to be responsible for my future. I don't want other people to be responsible for that. And that's what Ross Lyons had and, to go through because he, 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 had, yeah, he had to open himself up and went too far the other way, delegated too much and then realised, oh, hang on, I've got to pull, some, I've got to pull yeah. my weight here and... Um, and take it back on board, and uh, you know, for a bit, bit of a chunk of this year, that was working all right for them. But you know, I like seeing Frio down the bottom. <laughs> it's not bad. The the question I wanted to pose to you, and now Carl, last week, and we did the mid season review, Shebex, and Carl said, you know, I'm, I don't want to point the finger at you, Carl, but you said we'll win eight games for the rest of the year. Do after, you after seeing the Sydney game, I'm I'm uh, actually going to take that back. To be honest, yeah, do I, we? Do, I don't think we've we've got it in us to win eight. Sorry, we, Mitch, but that's uh, okay. That's okay. I, I the question I, I just want to pose, I guess, is what's our expect? What's our actual huh? expect? You're a non-believer. No, I'm a believer. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a believer, but I, I think eight was a bit much. I think I, I I debated whether or not eight or six was a was a possible. I, th- I think eight would be fair if we'd shown that we'd learnt the lessons from those losses. Eight would have been fair if we won on the weekend. Yeah, because we would have been eight and four, and that would have made sense. Eight and four, you you probably put Sydney out of their misery for for a real tilt at the finals. They start like they're Sydney's probably going to be the team to come and knock 
a team like us out of the eight when it comes down to the push and shove of it. And that's why the, the result was so crucial. So I guess the question I want to pose to you is on a scale of uh, one to ten, how what's your confidence level of actually making finals? We probably need to win another five, five, five and good percentage or six out of ten. Eight out of ten confident we will make the final. Yep. Finals, I should say. Eight out of ten. Three out of ten confident we'll make the grand final. Okay. That will, so that will mean, change, what? though, over the next few weeks <clears throat> as things start to change team-wise as well, not just for Richmond but for other teams. As injuries start to affect teams like GWS and the like, then my hopefully my rating on that will... But at, as it stands at the moment, I'm thinking 3 out of 10 grand final, 8 out of 10 finals. Carl? Um, I agree with Shebex, probably an 8 out of 10 for finals. I'd probably say 2 out of 10 for the grand final. I don't think we've got it takes to play a grand final this year. I don't, yeah, I, look, as much as I'd love to play in a grand final this year, it'd be amazing. We'd, be, we'd just like to win a final, I think. that's. I think that's that's what the expectation for this year really probably needs to be from a... Let's, let's all remember Footscray supporters, or Western Bulldogs yeah. supporters last year. They would have been sitting here at this time of year last year. Let's just win a final. Same, exactly the same. Yeah. Let's just win a final. We're not going to make the grand final, but let's just win a final and get a good start. And all of a sudden they go on. So having said what we've said, I, I have no doubt that Richmond are capable of winning a grand oh, final. Yeah. Yep, I'm definitely. just not sure whether they can make one. Their best football is very, very good. And that's, I suppose, what comes to the point of what Spud was making before, is that if you are a team playing Richmond in that final, uh, you know, you're going to be very confident going into that. And that's why it's so yeah, important that we learn that. Yeah, but footy is different. Yeah, we, we found that final, the hard final, No, it is. It is. Finals footy is totally different. Uh, um, me, for me, I reckon I'm probably a 7 out of 10 of making finals and, a, and a, I'm a 1 out of 10 of making a grand of winning a grand final. But um, I suppose the next month, and we'll, we'll, then, we'll then focus in on the Carlton game after this, but the next month we've got Carlton at the MCG on, Saturday, on Sunday, which I reckon they might get 80,000. It could be huge. Port Adelaide over in, um, over in Port Adelaide, which... Yeah. You know, that's you, you. You would say Port Adelaide has to go in favourites to that game. Although Richmond does like to travel. Um, St Kilda at Eddie had that's probably oh look St Kilda. If St Kilda don't improve on what they show on the weekend, you'd like to think we win that one. Three out to Maine. Uh, Brisbane first of all, Brisbane, yeah, Brisbane first at the MCG. We win yeah, that, and then three out to Maine. Uh, actually, the GWS at the G, oh, and okay. then for and then uh, and then Gold Coast. Then Gold Coast, and that's up there. Then Hawthorne. Then Geelong, then Frio. Okay. So a little bit, little bit down the track to get to Frio. But the point, the the, the next four weeks, there's three. There's all, they're all they're all winnable games. But we, sh- but if we're fair income, we need to win three of them. I would yes. think minimum two, maximum th- you know maximum four. What if we only win one or none? Then you you really start getting nervous. I think so. That leads us to uh, Sunday, MCG, Carlton, seventy five to 80,000 there, I think, given the way both teams are tracking. My first instinct is to, is to say forget what happened in round one because this is a different Carlton team we're coming up against. And it's probably in some senses a little bit more of a vulnerable Richmond team, but a Richmond team that has a better sense of its best game style than what it did in round one when we did beat them by seven goals, but we did concede 15 goals to them. Like that was the, that was my worry is that we, you know, our defense uh, mechanisms this year have been what we've been sort of hanging our hat on is that we don't concede too many goals to the opposition, but, uh, you know, we did concede that to Carlton, who've then now got their defensive game up and going. So your initial thoughts going into this one, are you nervous? Are you confident? What, what is, where's your head at? I still think we'll win. 
I'm not going to say a margin. That's my theory every week now. I, don't, I never say a margin, but I think we'll win. I think when it comes to senior players, I don't think Carlton have enough senior players to be able to sort of, you know, get the group together and have that leadership in the fourth quarter. Like what Richmond had failed to do against other teams, I think Carlton are going to be... It's kind of... The roles are going to reverse this week. So Carlton will be Richmond, pretty much. So we'll we'll get the job done. Will it be convincing? Probably not. But all we really care about moving forward is just recording a win because we want to play finals football. And again, going back to a comment Hardwick made earlier in the year, we're still not playing our best football. That's exactly where we're at. We're not playing our best football yet. So if we just record a win, keep skill building, keep getting close together as a group, then when it matters most near the end of the year, we might have enough wins on the boards to actually be a competitive team. So a win from my perspective. So should Richmond have any time to look at the Carlton game plan this week? And, and, they, and they will, I'm sure. They'll get time to do that. The things I think they'll focus on is how do we shut down Cruiser? How do we make Toby Nankervis more accountable for Cruiser this week as compared to what he was with the Sydney Ruckman next week? How do we give him that opportunity and that ability to do that? Do we tag Gibbs or do we just let him go free and hope Dustin Martin negates Gibbs or and, you know sort of Martin plays maybe a bit off Gibbs as he did with Patrick Dangerfield? Yeah, bloody good duel to see Gibbs and Martin yeah, go Ripper, head to head, Especially the way Gibbs is going at the moment. They're probably the two key areas that they will focus on in regards to how they're going to do that. And if they can, if they can work those two areas out, I think we're a really good chance. The other one who I think which actually plays into Richmond's strengths is, uh, is what do we do about Sam Doherty, who basically plays like a midfielder in defence for them. But I actually think that the, our forward pressure game style will make him accountable. We will, put, we will, we will harass him. We will put a, a Shy Bolton and a Dan Butler. They will just run and hound him, and that's what sort of be, and force those turnovers. And that's where we'll get the score pressure. I, I wonder whether the Carlton midfielders have, have sort of felt, and the Carlton defensive line have really felt that sort of intense pressure that that when we play our best, we force those turnovers really easily in our forward half. And um, you know, Glenn Luff was saying last week on on Pure Footy that the amount of numbers that we're forcing. Of forward half turnovers, you know, in, in, in of turnovers in our forward half, we're forcing the opposition. It's record writing. Yeah. It's, it hasn't been done before. These sort of numbers. It's up. It's up around the thirty a game. Um, that's going to be the key, I think, to, to beating this Carlton team because they get they got a little bit of confidence up there. You know, I think that what they did on the weekend against the Gold Coast was kind of the textbook of how I hoped our game against Sydney was going to was going to uh, build. In that they had a good start, that they were challenged. Gold Coast hit the lead, and then they found another gear to go ahead. Now, granted, I genuinely think Sydney are a far better opposition than the Gold Coast. I think the Gold Coast are still learning a lot like Carlton. Um, but, you know, it, it's a confidence boost for Carlton. And, um, you know, Cruiser's in outstanding form. And um, I don't know that they've got the firepower to go up against the likes of, um, to go up against the likes of, uh, you know, of... Uh, of of Rance and Asprey and you know who's kicking their goals Levi Casbolt yeah I think Rance might give him another bath the interesting one another one will be Liam Jones on Jack Rewalt that'd be good looking forward mm, to that good matchup <clears throat> well my voice just hangs in there can't buy 10 goals can't buy 10 goals <laughs> uh, Richmond for the win I think Richmond will win, and I want to just put the word out to Andy Marr from the Carlton yes. Show. Yes, be after you that we're we're yeah we're we're, we're going to be on uh, Mari if uh, if Richmond get up. It's a, will we go a slab each? What do you reckon? Bring in some furfies for him. I can do that on a Sunday. Because last night when when I was in, obviously we record this show on a Monday, and I'm always here on a Sunday night, they came in, and you should have heard how much 
grief they were giving me and saying, oh, you guys aren't going to win. We're a different cult and so on. They were pumping them up. So I, would, I like hearing that. Yeah, yeah. No, I love hearing it from Carlton supporters. I really do. So Nothing better than Carlton supporters getting ahead of I'm, themselves I'm at the love, moment. Come on. going to love seeing their faces when they come in on Sunday when they're all, you know, on crouched over and they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're yeah. in trouble. We're coming for you, Mari. So uh, if you're willing to put it up, slab a furphy for the winner. And uh, I don't think you'll be getting it, mate. Just quietly. I think the Tigers will be coming for it. Uh, last thing before we sign off, I just wanted to touch very quickly on if we we're going to make any potential changes. And if I told you Steve Morris kicked four goals on the weekend in the VFL, what would you believe me? I believe you, but I wouldn't think he's coming into the senior team. No, I believe you again, like Shebex, but it wouldn't be senior. Worthy, senior team worthy. Ben Lennon had seven shots at goal and kicked two. Yeah, that's, that's believable. Getting into the senior team either. Yeah, um, we'll leave it at that, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you next Monday when we uh, we 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 think we'll be we're drinking beers. We're, we're drinking Compliments beers. Of... We're drinking the courtesy of Andrew Marr and the Carlton Show. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers. Go Tigers.